0: Welcome to your weekly source for the wildest stories and exotic pets and wildlife. you found yourself at the Wizard of Paws podcast. Hello there, wildlife enthusiasts, and welcome to episode 39 of the Wizard of Paws podcast, right here on the All Indiana Podcast Network. I am once again your host, River. Today, eh, it's a topic that comes up every year around this time. What happens if you find some baby bunnies in your yard? Maybe you have, but we're going to find out. first step, you have to assess the situation. Determine if the baby bunnies are truly orphaned or in need of assistance. Mother rabbits usually only visit their young a couple times a day to avoid drawing attention to the nest and prevent attracting predators. Just leave the bunnies undisturbed for a few hours and see if the mother returns. Observe from a distance. Keep your distance and observe the bunnies to see if they are in immediate danger or distress. If they are in a dangerous location, such as like near a busy road or an area with pets and kids running around, you may need to intervene. After that, create a barrier. If the bunnies are in a potentially hazardous location, create a barrier around the area to keep them contained until you can assess the situation further, using stakes and a soft mesh fencing material to enclose the area without blocking the mother rabbit's access. Four, support one. Contact a wildlife rehabber. Reach out to your local wildlife rehab or wildlife rescue organization to seek their advice. They will, ex- they will be experienced in dealing with wildlife situations and can provide guidance specific to your region and uh, the exact situation. They may ask some questions to determine if intervention is even necessary, but they'll know what to do. Then, all I have to do is follow professional advice. The wildlife rehabber advise you to bring the baby bunnies in carefully follow their instructions. They may provide guidance on capturing and transporting the bunnies safely to ensure their well-being. Now, remember, wildlife rehabilitation should be ideally left to trained professionals, and it's important to follow their advice as they have the knowledge and experience to make the best decisions for the animals. Let's learn a little bit more about baby bunnies. Because we actually just had some born at the sanctuary a couple weeks ago, and they're so damn cute. But, now, baby bunnies, also known as kits, and are born in nests usually called forms which are shallow depressions in the ground lined with grass fur and leaves Bunnies are really good at taking their fur out for this stuff and here's an overview of how the mother rabbits care for their young when it comes to nesting mother rabbits create nests in well-concealed locations such as tall grass flower beds or under bushes to protect their kits from predators and disturbances nests are typically shallow and often appear as small depressions in the ground Comes to feeding. Mother rabbits will nurse their kits once or twice a day, usually during the nighttime. It's kind of like around duskish, a little bit after, after the sun goes down. Now, uh, they do that to minimize the risk of attracting predators and unwanted attention. Now, rabbit milk is highly nutritious, and the kits will grow rapidly during the first few weeks. And the milk is rich in fat and protein; it's essential for their development. In The lactation period. Lactation for rabbits is relatively short, usually lasting only about three to four weeks. And by the end of this period, the kits are weaned and aren't eating solid food on their own. They get independent pretty quick. Once they are weaned, they become a little bit more independent. The mother rabbit will gradually spend less time with them, and then the kits will start to explore the surroundings, feeding on vegetation. However, the mother rabbit will still return to the nest occasionally to nurse and check on the kits. Now, around four to six weeks of age, the kits become more mobile and start to leave the nest. They disperse to find their own territories and establish their own burrows or nests. During this time, they learn essentials, uh, essential survival skills from mother, such as foraging for food and invading predators. Now, it's important to note that mother rabbits spend limited time with their kits to avoid drawing attention to the nest. This natural behavior can sometimes lead people to mistakenly believe that the kits are orphaned or abandoned when, in fact, the mother is nearby. If you encounter any baby bunnies, it's best to observe from a distance and allow the mother to care for them, unless it's clear that they're in some kind of distress or danger. Which kind of brings me to an interesting point. doesn't look up too much, just pretty much how prey animals see the world and how they go about surviving in it. Prey animals, like rabbits and all mm, herbivores have evolved various adaptations to survive environments and avoid predators. Here's an overview of how they perceive the world and the strategies they employ for survival. They have great vision. Prey animals often have a wide field of vision, allowing them to detect predators approaching from different directions. They have eyes positioned on the side of their heads, providing a panoramic view. This helps them detect potential threats and enhance their ability to monitor their surroundings. Pretty much 360 view, Except like rabbits, they have a spot right in between their eyes. I can't see that at all. <laughs> yeah. With this, they have peripheral vision. Many prey species have a heightened ability to detect motion in their peripheral vision. This helps them quickly spot pre- predators or any potential dangers without needing to directly focus on them or really move in any way. It's a survival advantage that so they can uh, remain vigilant while feeding and performing any other activities use camouflage and protective coloration. Prey animals often have coloration and patterns that blend with their surroundings, providing camouflage. This adaptation helps them remain inconspic- inconspicuous and reduce the likelihood of detection by predators. Some prey animals can also change their coloration to match the environment. Prey animals have acute senses, such as keen hearing and excellent sense of smell. These senses help them detect predators approaching danger even before it becomes visible. They may have specialized adaptations like larger ears or well-developed sense of smell to enhance the ability to detect potential threats. also be in grouping or herding behavior. Many prey animals, such as zebras, antelope, wildebeest, bunnies, adopt herding or group behavior. Staying in groups provides safety in numbers as it increases the chances that someone's going to see a predator coming. It also makes it harder for predators to target and capture individual prey animals than a tightly packed group. Within this group, they have vigilance and alarm calls. Prey animals are often highly vigilant with individuals taking turns acting as lookouts while others feed or rest. They have distinct alarm calls or vocalizations that alert other members of the group to potential danger. These calls help coordinate group responses and warn others to take evasive actions. And if they have to take evasive actions, they have speed and agility to do it. Many prey species possess speed and agility as an adaptation to escape from predators. They can quickly flee when a threat is detected, utilizing their powerful legs and maneuvering abilities to outpace or evade predators. Some species, like gazelles and cheetahs, are renowned for their exceptional speed. Sometimes gazelles are able to outrun, not really outrun, but avoid being caught by cheetahs pretty much just by their agility, being able to turn quickly. It's very important. (laughs) Now, they also have defensive adaptations. Prey animals may possess various defensive adaptations, like sharp spines, horns, hooves, or claws. Like bunnies, they actually have really sharp back claws. They will kick. (laughs) These physical defenses can be used to fend off or deter predators when escape is no longer possible. Some species also employ defensive behaviors like feigning death or puffing up to appear larger and more intimidating. By employing these strategies and adaptations, prey animals increase their chance of survival in their respective habitats and minimize the risk of predators. These evolutionary traits have allowed them to coexist with predators and maintain a delicate balance in ecosystems. Now, if you have to handle a bunny, they're a little bit delicate. Now of course they also have individual personalities and preferences on how they like to be handled, but. Generally, it's pretty much the same way. I you have some solid general guidelines to keep in mind when handling and petting them. First, you approach with gentleness. Bunnies are generally more skittish and sensitive compared to some other pets. Approach them slowly and gently to avoid startling or stressing them. They get stressed pretty easily. And give them time to get accustomed to the presence before attempting to handle them. And once you get to them, you have to be sure to support their body. Whenever you pick up a bunny, it's essential to provide proper support for their body to prevent injury, especially their back. They can really mess their back up pretty bad. You have to place one hand under their chest and the other hand under their hindquarters. This ensures that the weight is evenly distributed and their spine is supported. It'll make them feel more secure. You have to avoid restraining or squeezing. Bunnies do not like to be restrained tightly or squeezed. It kind of makes them feel like they're being attacked. The prey animals. They need some freedom of movement and may become anxious or struggle if they feel confined. Always handle them with gentle and relaxed grip to help them feel more comfortable. If they start struggling, that also messes their back up pretty bad. You need to start short sessions, especially if the bunny is not accustomed to being handled. Start short handling sessions to allow them to gradually adjust. Over time, you can gradually increase the duration of these sessions as the bunny becomes more comfortable and interesting. Now Pay attention to body language. Observe the bunny's body language during handling. If they seem tense, try to calm them down by speaking softly or gently stroking their head. If they show signs of distress, such as struggling excessively or thumping their hind legs, it's a sign they need to be put down and given space. Yeah, you'll know a the thump. They get kind of uppy sometimes. <laughs> When it comes to petting preference, many bunnies do enjoy being petted on the tops of their heads, in between their ears, and along the back, but usually like the upper back. Use slow, gentle strokes the following direction of the fur. Some bunnies may also appreciate gentle cheek rubs or chin scratches. Always be attentive to response and adjust your petting techniques accordingly. Now, individual preferences. Keep in mind that each bunny has their own preferences for handling and petting. Some may enjoy being held and cuddled, while others may prefer brief interactions and more independent playtime. So pay attention to the bunny. Watch their reactions and adjust your interactions to accommodate their comfort levels. And remember, it's important to build trust with your bunny over time. Gradually, and positive experiences of handling and petting will help create a bond and make them more receptive to human interaction. Patience, gentleness, and respect for their individuality are key when it comes to handling and petting of bunnies. That's how you want to feed some bunnies. Like, some people do like feeding the animals. I know that. But if you're going to do it, here's what you're going to have to do. They like leafy greens. It offers them a variety of leafy greens as the main component of their diet. Some examples would be like parsley, cilantro, collard greens, kale. Well, kale sometimes not so much. It's a little high in calcium. But it's fine sometimes. They do like it. Anything romaine, spinach, bok choy. Introduce new greens gradually to avoid just upsetting them. <laughs> but they'll permit you eat any kind of herb too. And they're pretty partial to things like basil, mint, oregano, and sage. I don't really know how to like a straight sage leaf. I couldn't. <laughs> or straight of any kind of herb, really. But it does provide them a lot of nutrients. When it comes to vegetables, well, you have to do it kind of in moderation. Some super ones are carrots, bell peppers, and broccoli, including the leaves and the stems. I always give them the stems when I'm cooking broccoli. And they also like zucchini, cucumber, radish, Brussels sprouts, pretty much anything that's not, like, high in starch or sugar, like potatoes or corn. And they really don't like carrots that much. They really love bananas. We'll get to that. Next one. A fruit should be given as occasional treats due to their high sugar content. You offer small pieces of fruit like apples, pears, strawberries, blueberries, raspberries, melons. Anything that doesn't have any seeds or pits in them. They'll go wild for them. There sometimes food, though. <laughs> but their primary component of a bunny's diet should always be like high-quality grass or hay, such as Timothy hay or Meadow hay. It's essential for their dental health and digestive system. Make sure you provide unlimited access to fresh hay and water at all times. It's important to introduce new foods gradually, offering small portions at first to ensure the bunny tolerates them well, monitor digestion, and watch for any signs of adverse reactions. Avoid sudden diet changes as they can lead to digestive problems. Remember that every bunny is unique. Every bunny and everybody. And some have specific dietary needs or sensitivities. If you're uncertain about a particular food, consult with your veterinarian. Experience in rabbit care and ensure it's safe for your bunny. Additionally, I provide fresh, clean water for Bunny. And make sure there's regular clean to clean their food and water bowls to maintain hygiene. A balanced diet, and an appropriate amount of hay, fresh vegetables, and limited fruit treats will help keep Bunny healthy and happy. Well, I hope y'all learned a little something new about bunnies today. I always do. There's something new about these things. No, oh. well, this has been episode thirty-nine of the Wizard of Paws podcast. Thanks for joining me, and thanks to Alan for producing this and all the other shows on the all indiana podcast network well i will do it for now but if you want to catch more on the sanctuary you can find all our links at bigtree.com uh, slash wizard of wildlife and if you'd like to help support the sanctuary and all of our programs there you can join us over at patreon or send us a donation we'll definitely appreciate it but see you all next week